All right, welcome to episode six. I'm Andrew, and with me as always... This is Mike. All right. Mike, Mike, Mike. Last week, we did Valley Forward. Yeah. I just want to jump right into that, because that was such a powerful night. Um, I love that you took a recommendation from me, and you threw it to the wayside, and you did something better. (laughs) 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 No, seriously. You did something awesome with with Valley Forward, and I, I think what we... Because Valley Forward's a new thing. It's a yeah. new thing. I think that was our second time doing that. Mm-hmm. And we know that we want to move forward as a church. But I really think this last week, this last time we did it, we really defined what it means for us as a church to move forward by looking at audience. Oh, just kind of looking at as ind- individuals who are following Christ mm-hmm. and then how we can. Um, I think we kind of set a precedent for churches or for our church about. What are we doing and what should what are the questions we should be asking ourselves as ministries and, and, and in the big picture? Yeah, yeah. So, Mike, can you um, can you get we went through life plans, essentially. Yeah. That first section. Can you what? Why did you do that as opposed to because I, I had asked you to do time management because I know some people are freaking out about like, oh, I've got my kids are in soccer. I've got like a 50 yeah, hour yeah, yeah. week job. I want to do ministry. But how do I manage all this? So I want to say, first of all, that, that your recommendation about time management is actually that's where I started. Yeah. And I really I think that's valuable and we're going to land there. But the more I wrestled with what's going to be most helpful in a short period of time, right. you know, we don't it's not an all night event. It's not a three day retreat. It's we got a short window to present some things. Right. I, I came in and recognized for me, time management begins with really prioritization and, the big and, and knowing yeah. what's important to me and knowing what the Lord's called me to do and who he's really, who he's called me to be right. specifically in relationships and in different roles. And so time management is an outflow of, of understanding some of those bigger questions. And so what we did at Valley Forward is we talked about prioritizing and defining our certain relationships. We talked about the most important relationships and what we would want people to say about us, honestly, at, at our funeral. Like, Yeah, you if, started with the eulogy. If, we're, if yeah. we were to die and someone were to give us a eulogy, what, honestly, what would I want God to say about me? Who, the one who has more visibility into my life than anyone else, right? right? What would I, you know, uh, kind of like an out-of-body experience in a sense, but what would I want to be able to say about me mm-hmm. is I have visibility in me. What would I want my, for me, my wife to say about me or, or for someone else, their, their husband or wife or their spouse, right? And then what would I want my kids to say about me? And then as the, the circle grows wider, what do I want the people that I work closest with? Right. Or what do I want my church family to say about me as a pastor and as a church member? And so as we, we took some time and not, not enough time, not nearly enough no, time, no way, yeah. but ask people to, to just begin by writing w- with that first section, what, what would I want God to say about me when my life is over? Yeah. And, and from there, from that, we, we kind of, uh, looped back to those, those relationships mm-hmm. and said, okay, what, what would God say about me now? Right. And what, what would I think about my life right now? What's my current reality? And so did a little bit more process after that, but really just worked through who am I and right. who, who am I supposed to be and who do I want to be and who yeah. does God want me to be? And that's the, the life is so grand. And I know working with teenagers and like millennials at the moment, so many people tend to go like, hey, I'm just going day to day and I'm just kind of making this up as I go. No regrets, just do everything. And 
Number one, I, I personally feel if you don't have regrets in your life, are you even trying? Really? I feel like if you want something in your life, you're going to fail. And I think those regrets, that's another conversation, but regrets, I think, fuel learning. It's okay to fail. Yeah. But number two, being really intentional about with your life, because we have one go around with this. I think it's really important I, as a as an intern at, at local churches here in town. I have been a part of so many funerals. I have just seen funerals. I've I've done the tech. I've done slideshows. I've done all these just because I as, a, as the media guy for all the churches I've ever been a part of. Like I've done so many things that I've watched so many funerals and I I don't want to be judgmental. I'm trying not to be, but I do know what I'd like to see happen at my own funeral. I'd like to see, well, for example, actually uh, a couple months ago, I went down to Salem for a memorial service of one of my professors who died at 90 something. Uh, and what was powerful to me was that he didn't just have his peers. He had generations of people of lives that he had touched mm-hmm. And somehow he was able to manage raising his kids, leaving a legacy with them, leaving a legacy for um, the, the mental practice he left because he was a psychologist. And he left a legacy with the students he reached. He was able, he, and he, he coached, he did all these things with his life. And so I know there's a way to be able to do it. So I, I feel like he was very intentional about how he spent his time. And so the life plan and the questions that we ask about the relationships and about the things that we want people to be able to say about us when we pass away, taking the time to think about that is powerful. And mm-hmm. it's, it's challenging, mm-hmm. right? That night when we did Valley Forward, I saw across the room just so many people like really moved by the practice, but at the same time, really overwhelmed by it. Yeah. And that's, I think that's okay. Yeah. I, I use an illustration uh, from, I use an illustration from, uh, softball and coaching yeah. that I think it just, it kind of lays over just perfectly. Right. Because we're, we're teaching nine and 10 year old girls how to run bases right now. And they're trying to figure out how to get from, you know, one base to the next. And honestly, they're trying to see, figure out how to steal a base and move forward yeah. so they can get all the way around and, and be successful and score. Right. And, and it's interesting. It's funny watching these girls as they're trying to figure it out because everything else distracts them. The other dugouts doing their chance and there's a, a, a bee flying around and there's something on the ground. There's dirt right here or right. The, the base is a little wobbly and it's, everything is distracting them from the actual purpose they have right there. And that's right. what that's what Valley Forward really was, is it was saying in our lives, we're just like a, a, you know, a nine year old on a base trying to figure out how do I steal uh, but I'm distracted by all these other things. And so that night was a night to say, let's cut through some of these distractions and let's say, what is really important to me? What's really important to me in light of the gospel primarily? And then I can start to move forward. And what's amazing about a practice like that is that it fights against, uh, it fights against escapism. If you were to look at really like drug abuse and alcoholism, those are diseases in and of themselves, I guess, or issues. But you, if you look at people who do that stuff recreationally, and um, they're just way too far into that. But the same thing with like video games and a couple other things, it's about distracting yourself from the issues that you have in life. Instead of tackling them head on or dealing with them, a lot of oftentimes people tend to take these things, whether whether it's they're innocent or malicious or these 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 practices, and they just escape because they don't. They don't know what they don't know how to deal with certain things. They don't know what they want to do. They don't know a lot of things. And I'm 
I don't want to beat anybody up, but when we do that, life could, is life is a gift, and mm-hmm. there's so much more to it than. And we, I think, we rob ourselves when we succumb to just escaping from pressures constantly. Yeah. I think about as a, as a high schooler, that's what video games were about for me. I didn't want to deal with life, so it's just so much easier to play SimCity or something, you know, and not have to think about whatever. I got a friend one time we were talking about that and he, he played a lot of video games for a long time. And yeah. he, he told me that he, he came to the realization that he was tired of leveling up in video games and he was ready to start leveling up in life. Yeah. Yeah. And, I get that. And I get it that. really cool. resonated with me because I just thought after that, he, he began to pursue being a, a musician and he could play it almost any instrument. Yeah. He began to pursue photography and then being able to be a, a really great cook. And I mean, this guy just, he, he's a stud. He does tons of different things because he decided, what do I really want? Where am I really going? And what is God calling me to really cool to see? What's powerful about that is that we did this as a group. We did this as a tribe. And oftentimes when there, there's a couple different levels to this, there are some people who just don't know what they want right often but more often than not there are people who know they have a calling or they have this inclination in their heart they know what they want but they don't know how to go about doing it they don't know what the resources they don't know what the next step is or they don't have a support group Mm -hmm. but really the true church as we are growing as we're being sanctified as we are chasing our callings that we we are brothers and sisters moving down the road together we should be cheering each other on and supporting one one another and, and picking each other up when we fail. And that's why I, I, the idea of life and, 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 and planning and taking the time to t- move away from distractions and dealing with real things is so powerful. And it should, life should be lived in community. Uh, so I, I, just, I just think about that night and how people, when I think about, man, the legacy they want to leave for their kids, and then they kind of went into a tangent of like, man, how, how do I do this? How do I, you know, raise my kids well, that's an opportunity for us as, as a church to be like, hey, let us show you what the Bible says about how we leave a legacy for kids. I, I got to share um, kind of the biblical mandate of like discipleship for children and family that night. And that, that answers, you know, if you want to leave a legacy with your kids, what does that look like? And that's, that's the beauty of community in conjunction with life plans, I guess. So. Yeah. And one of the things I love about it is, is it reminds us that none of us have arrived also. Yeah. Right. Because as we think about who am I becoming, that that's a, a question of progress. It reminds me of, of Philippians three, Paul's writing, right? Paul, this guy that had been planting churches and, and moving and shaking and changing the world. He says, not that have I, I have already obtained to this or I am already perfect, but I press on to make it this goal, my own, because Christ has made me his own. He says, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but the one thing I do Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies behead or lies ahead, I press on toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And this is him saying, everything in the past, everything I've accomplished, all the good things that I could use to my credit as merit, you know what? I'm, I'm moving past that. I'm continually moving forward. I'm going to continue to grow and become more and more of who God's called me to be and answer the call to make a difference in this world. Yeah. That's powerful too. Just to continue to don't live in the accomplishments of the past, but to keep, that's where churches die at times is that they, they look at what was accomplished in the past 
or even people who, who hold on to ministries they used to be a part of. And like, well, look at what we used to do here. Why can't we go back to doing things like, well, mm-hmm. the game has changed. The culture has changed and we have to continually connect with this culture for the, right. in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So we can't look back at the marriage. I, I, personally, I, I hope for me that I'm always paying it forward or always investing. I hope I feel, I, I hope I never get to a place in my late thirties and my early, like my forties, fifties and sixties. I think that like, man, I've already done this. I don't need to do any more. I've, I've arrived. Y'all should just listen to me. I hope, I hope I'm, I'm always hungry to, to, to earn. Does that, that make sense? I don't yeah. want to lean out, but I always want to lean into yep. whatever is happening. And so, uh, Mike, I, I wanted to talk today about the Lord's Supper. Mm-hmm. We're going to change topics here. This last weekend, we, we, do, we did communion. And now, as a church, we do communion every month. And... I never realized for me personally how important it was that I, I did this on a more regular basis. Um, it's helped me a lot. Just I feel like every month it just centers me and it kind of like a life plan. It, it, sent, it, it, it brings the important things forward to my mind. It brings repentance to my mind. It brings kind of like, okay, what am I going to, what am I going to turn away from today and tomorrow, and remember this, I need to engage in my, I need to be proactive in, in my repentance and giving things over to the Lord. And I, I've really appreciated that. But I know there are some people who are new, new for, for like new believers, who maybe who haven't grown up, who maybe haven't gone to Bible college and seminary and all these things. Like they know that the Lord's Supper is important. What, what would you encourage for them? What is, I guess, what is the Lord's Supper about? What should be going through our minds when we partake in the communion? Yeah. So when, when I approach that moment, whether I'm, I'm leading it or whether I'm just participating in it, I've, I've kind of got a, a few handles in my mind that I walk people through or that I myself, I try to go through uh, to prepare myself and to experience it as fully as possible. Okay. And it starts with remembering. And so Jesus, he, 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 when he talks about the, his body being broken and the, his, his blood being shed, and he says, whenever you do this, do this in remembrance of me. And so it begins by remembering what Jesus has done. Um, this is just as simple as closing your eyes and, and visualizing, remembering. Jesus was a real man. He died a real death. He, he really truly bled and was nailed to a cross. He was mocked. He was beaten. And all of that was for me. It was for us. So I I, I remember, and it's a bloody cross. It's not a a joyful picture. It's not a, a happy picture, but remembering the depth of the price that he paid for us is so important because it keeps us from being uh, cavalier or, or flippant about that moment. Yeah. When we walk up to, to remember Jesus, say, Oh yeah, he did this for me. And now I can go continue whatever else I'm doing or thinking about no, literally stopping and remembering the price paid. That's, that's pretty timely. Cause at the, at the day of this recording today is Memorial day, mm-hmm. you know, and there are people, I, I see it all the time on Facebook that people will be like, hey, remember what today's about. It's not just about you having a three-day weekend. It's not about you just having a barbecue or all this. It's, it's a time that we should be remembering mm-hmm. the sacrifices of our freedom. And, and at the same time, we do the community to remember 
Christ's death on the cross for us. That you're right. We can't be flippant about mm-hmm. it. And I think what I like about the regular cycle of communion is that it calls me to remember and to not take these things for granted, mm-hmm. to not take the calling for granted. Yeah. So then the next hand, handle, once I really have turned my attention toward Christ and remembering him, then I reflect about my own life. And I ask myself questions like, is there anything in my life right now that's not pleasing to the Lord? Mm-hmm. Is there anything that he's calling me to, to let go of or to sacrifice or, or to take my hands off of or to leave behind, right? And this is recognizing what he has done for me. And then he says, follow me. And so I reflect how much of my life is actually following him. And, and then from there, it, without a doubt, there's going to be something I, I'm reminded of. It's, yeah, uh, that's dumb. What am I doing this for? What am I thinking this way for? Why am I harboring this emotion or something like that? And so after I remember and reflect, then, then literally I repent. I, I, I go to the Lord and I say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for my selfishness. I'm turning back toward you. And, and I cling to him, knowing that I cling weakly, but he holds me firmly. And, and so I repent of anything that he's brought to my mind and I turn away. And then after that, that's, that's when we receive, that's when we actually take the, the cup and the bread and, and partake. And I, I love doing it as a church family because it says a lot about just the unity we have together. Okay. So are you saying that you, that you reflect on it before you get up and go get it? Or do you go get it and then you sit down and you, you go through the things that you're thinking about that you, that you just laid out just now? Yeah, yeah. So typically I will have the elements in my hand during okay. this process. Okay. Right? Okay. So I'll be sitting there in my chair, usually with my head down, or mm-hmm. it, sometimes they're, they're singing a song mm-hmm. and there's usually a moment in the song where I've just got to lift my head up and thanks, mm-hmm. you know, as, as I'm doing those, those, you know, as I'm remembering and reflecting and repenting. Um, and then the re- receiving of it is when we take it together. Yeah. That's something that goes through my mind when we do that, especially when we, to own sin. Like I think Jesus, I think about when I, when I chew on the bread and I take this, like, it was my sin that put him on the cross. Mm-hmm. That I'm the one who broke his body because of my sin. I spilt his blood as I drink that. And just that, it's just that readmission that like, I need Jesus because of my sin. That's, that's, I think about that every time. In this last weekend, um, and I, I've heard you talk about this every time. Actually, every time I hear anybody talk about the Lord's Supper, we talk about who should and who should not take that. Yeah. Can we, can we dive into that? Like why... You know, we we tend to say Christian culture is like we want everybody to follow Jesus and all these things like that. Why is this one practice? Why does it sound so exclusive? Yeah. To that, why should we? And should people really be paying attention to to when they and when they shouldn't be taking communion? Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's for believers. Prime. I mean, first and foremost, you know, this is called fencing, I guess, the table and, and saying this is who it's for and who is not for. It's for believers. And so when a believer comes and, and takes it, they're proclaiming their relationship with Jesus. It's kind of like uh, <laughs> maybe an illustration that it, it's kind of fun, but I'm not going to kiss another guy's wife. Yeah. Right. That's it's not for me. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and so if someone who doesn't not know Jesus is taking the the bread and the cup they're they're saying, I believe Jesus died for me and they don't, 
And so it's it just, there's an incongruity there. And so we want to encourage people away from that. We want people to witness that. We want people to, to look. And, and if, if there's someone who doesn't believe in a service, we're so thankful for that. Uh, but we also don't want to contribute to them heaping more guilt on themselves. Right. right. Um, and then we talk about if you're walking in active sin and you haven't repented of it, that take care of that first, mm-hmm. turn back to the Lord. Uh, and then we talk about the idea of, uh, if they have conflict, which is a series we're in right now, yeah. if they, they're not in right relationship with a brother or sister, that also needs to be taken care of before they come to worship with communion. I think there's that herd mentality. Uh, one thing I was actually kind of thankful for was there are some people who attend our church who I know are struggling to believe some blatantly just don't want, and they're just there because their friends are going to church. Others are, they want to believe, but they don't, there are some things that they, um, they're just working through, I guess. I, what I appreciate is that by saying what you said, there were some people who were like, oh, okay, if I'm taking this, I'm saying I believe, then I won't. And they were pretty like, yeah, I don't believe, and so I won't take this. But then I saw some other people who, I, where I know where they're at, they were like, I could see them looking at all these people and there's like this weird, like, oh man, if I don't go now, I'm going to kind of demonstrate that I don't believe, do I belong here? There's this awkward thing, but I, what would you say to that person who feels like they don't want to be pointed out, I guess? Yeah. And, so and this is honestly, I mean, this is, is, is conviction, right? Like yeah. this is about you and God before it's about you and what anyone else thinks about you. Yeah. And so there are times where I will let the communion plate pass. I, I, I will not take it. If I feel like there's something between me and the Lord or something mm-hmm. between me and another person, and, and at the end of the day, in that moment, it's between me and God. Yeah. And if someone wants to think something of me, l- let them think whatever they want. Yeah. Right. Uh, that's already going to happen. Uh, but this is, this is really important. I, mean, I think about my kids, right. Mm-hmm. Um, for a few years, my kids, my, my older two wanted to take communion and we said, no, um, now they had professed, but they had not been baptized and we were waiting for them to be baptized till it became a little bit more solidified in their mind and in their heart until they started to produ- honestly produce some fruit and show some sincerity more than just, this is what mom and dad do. And, and so then they, when they, they were baptized, uh, and then after that, we, we said now communion's for you. And, and now it's really cool to see them experience it with such meaning. Okay. You know, my, my oldest son, he worked in the sound booth this last week at the electric bean and he saw that communion was happening. He came to me, he was like, dad, do I get it now? Do I get it later? I mean, I got this responsibility back here. What do I do? I really want to remember. I want to do this. And, and so that was just a a small, but cool conversation to see this is meaningful to him. Mm -hmm. He understands it and, and he wants to participate in it fully remembering what Jesus has done for him. That's awesome. So I just realized, because you, you just addressed the believer, because um, I, I was, I, I didn't even think about that. I was thinking about the non-believer who's like, oh, should I, do I out myself right now? But I, what I also, what I like about what you just said is that you also just talked to the believer who knows there is un, like sin in their life. So I, well, I think what we're saying is that just because we do church, or just because we as a church do communion every month doesn't necessarily mean you have to participate it. As a matter of fact, you shouldn't participate in it if, if there's unresolved sin, right. Which calls in mind. So it's more than, I mean, it kind of goes hand in hand with remembering Christ, but 
you can't remember Christ and not deal with the sin that's 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 at the forefront of your mind though, right now that God brings out. Um, there's there's the there's the opportunity for repentance, and we we need to allow that and let that be okay. Yep, that's really cool. And I, I like what you shared about your your family. I actually I, question for you. Do you, as a family, do you communion ever on like special occasions or anything like that? I, I, I've read about people who um, they do communion in like their life groups or they do communion in their families and things like that. Do you do you ever do anything like that? Generally, I, I think communion is best practiced in the church. Okay. Um, it's not to say there's not opportunities for that mm-hmm. and maybe moments for that, but I generally lean away from that pretty heavily okay. and like to see it done predominantly at, at the local level of the church mm-hmm. gathering together. Okay. That makes sense. What about like weddings that do communion like that? I've done one mm-hmm. and uh, honestly, I had not thought about it very deeply when I did it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm still kind of wrestling with some of that myself. Yeah. I think that if right now, if I, were to have that conversation, I'd probably encourage them away from that. Okay. I like that. The more I think about that and why we do communion, that that makes more sense. Because like, I think the weddings I've seen that have done it have made it about not necessarily Christ, but they're, they're, they're talking about like their, their commitment to Christ together in the Lord. And I think there are different things that could symbolize that. The one that I did, I, I honestly, uh, I fenced it just like I do at a church service. Yeah. And so it was a wedding and, and I, I just said, hey, this is for those who proclaim Jesus. And it was a very, I, the, the, the wedding itself proclaimed the gospel very, very clearly, mm-hmm. right? Um, <clears throat> and so we made it really clear. If you, if you don't believe this is not for you, if, if you've got sin in your life, this is not the right time. And if you've got conflict, this is not the right time. And it really, it was, I appreciated the couple because it wasn't really about them at all. Okay. Oh, cool. Mike, we are coming up on time right now. Um, do you want to give a shout out really quick to an event that we have coming up on June 9th? Yeah. June 9th, we're having our next membership class. It's a uh, lunch. We gather together. We get to have a great meal. And then we, we spend some time talking about what does it look like to be a member of Valley? What do we believe? How do we operate? What is our vision? What, where are we headed? And it's an opportunity for people to say, yes, I want to be part of that. And uh, man, I, I hope some... Uh, some new folks come. Yeah. I, I think there are already are some planning, but also we, we really are right now in the early stages inviting lots of people that have been part of Valley for years to come and and remember and, and get re-energized and, and kind of get in touch with the passion of what they, what we're doing at Valley. Awesome. Yeah, for more information on that, you can go to vcflongview.org. Uh, there will be some information about the new members coming up. Actually, I think you can you should be able to register for that if you'd like to come online. Uh so yeah, I think that's that's all I had for this week. Oh, if you'd like to write into the podcast and ask questions, uh, you can write in at podcast at vcflongview.org. And then we'll, uh, we actually have a letter that we're going to eventually get around to, maybe episode seven. Maybe we'll get a few more letters and do a, a whole session on A whole them. session of just letters. So write in. Yeah, write Send in. Send us your everyone. questions. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Have a great day. Adios. Adios.